real one I've done because of my amazing friends who jump in and help me out while I'm gone. Huh? No, first one I've done that's real. I mean, I don't know, but <laughs> you may think that theirs is real and mine's not. <laughs> um, but I think we're on week four, page 52. And I, actually, I'm going to jump over and to that page for a discussion on page 62. And it says... What food item are you unable to resist no matter how hard you try? Susie's cookies. Susie's cookies. Oh. <laughs> Anybody else? Pizza. Pizza. Potato chips. Chocolate. Popcorn. No one said chicken, right? <laughs> Boiled chicken. Broccoli. <laughs> huh? Gadzooks, right? No, I don't have that issue either. Um, there's probably a lot of things like you think you can resist it until it's in front of you and your girlfriend's saying, just try some. Just have a little bit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Plain popcorn? Really? Nothing? That's not a temptation to me. Mm -mm. No. All right, number one, observe question 10 on page 54 and compare it to 415 in the NIV. Anyone have NIV? You can have it? I think Susie's getting it. What is the book I'm looking for in Hebrews 4.15? Yeah. ways does it say Jesus was tempted as we are? Every. Every, right? That was a lot of work just to find out that the word was every. Um, in every way, Jesus was... Does that shock you at all? That Jesus was tempted in every way? Do you have any, um, any doubts about that? No? 
What about some of the ways that you're tempted? Can you imagine that Jesus is tempted in that way? I, I think I think... Huh? Yeah, he knows better. He knows better? Yeah. Right. He knows that it's going to be... He knows the end result of it, right? But I can't imagine him being tempted to be hateful and haughty and prideful. And if you're tables, uh, if you're tables, only one stays. That's the one that we read about. He might have done it more than that. But remember, the sin isn't in the temptation. The sin is following through, right? Right. right. So and it, even that throwing the table wasn't yeah. the sin. Right. Righteous anger. Right. Um, and so it, he may not have followed through with the things that we follow through, but it's not that it never crossed his mind. Look at when he was in, you know, standing up on the, at the top of the temple and Satan's, you know, throw yourself down and the angels will catch you. And, you know, he's hungry out in the desert in the wilderness and he's saying, you know, turn, the, turn that to bread or whatever. Why, I don't know why. It's naturally in me to want to teach when I'm just supposed to be reading questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's but probably going to go on there. But. This is a real interesting question for me because so many of us just look at him as he was perfect. And, yeah. You know, we didn't think about all the struggles he had day sure. to day right. in his life. You know, we just read about all the wonderful things he did. But yeah. this is a real important point of view for us to realize that You're right. he went through struggles and he was better Staying away from him. He, he, was, he was good at saying no. And you know, I don't know where we answered that question. Or maybe this is it. How easy is it for you to believe that this is true? How important is it for you to believe this is true? Explain your answers. And then applying it there, what temptations are you currently battling that you want to believe is unique to you and impossible to resist? And how should you pray with confidence? So that whole thing right there made me contemplate like what you're saying. Like, you know what, when I'm struggling with, with a sin issue or, or something that I shouldn't, you know, and you know, don't eat three cheesecakes. I don't eat three cheesecakes, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not that when he was in the desert, he wasn't that hungry, right? And, and yet he could have done that. It would have been abuse of his power, right? It would, have, it would not have been what the father wanted for him to do. In much the same way as we have free will, but it's not exactly what God wants us to do, right? So, um, but he was, if, if you think about it, if, if scripture says that Satan is prowling around us like a lion and, you know, he is looking to devour us and looking where you have weakness, he knows what your weakness is, which is why you constantly struggle in it because he's constantly bringing that up. If there was anyone on this earth that he would trip up, don't you think that would be Satan or be Jesus? He must have been at him all day long, way worse than it is for us. If he could do anything to make him an imperfect man and take away his mission on earth, he would have done it. So we know that Jesus had to have been tempted in every way possible, strongly, right? And yet, like you say, Pat, it's easiest for us to think, oh, he was a perfect guy. He didn't even get bothered by it. You know, didn't, didn't even mess with that. And in a lot of ways, he probably didn't because, like you said, Carl, he knew the end result if he was to follow through of what that would mean. We don't always think it all the way through, do we? 
we don't. We're like, you know, if I eat three cheesecakes, I'm going to gain 10 pounds, you know? <laughs> it's going to be good. I'll walk one block, you know? <laughs> right? Um, Eve, right? It was in the moment. Yeah. You start, yeah. Are you sure that's what he said? You know, start doubting that. Sure, sure. A lack of focus and, you know, let my mind wander off to British cooking shows. And, you know, and then I was thinking, well, maybe he really let his self wander off to wanting to go fishing or something. But, um, you know, it doesn't seem like that would be an issue he'd deal with. It seems like he was always very focused on God's work. Sure. I mean, in Scripture, we know him as a 33-year-old man. But what was he like as a 3-year-old toddler? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that was a process. I mean, not that I'm saying that he was sinning at three years old, but what I'm saying is maybe the temptations for some of that was part of what the Holy Spirit was growing him up through. You know, I don't know. I mean, how do we how do we reconcile what Jesus was like as a child? You know. When he was twelve, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was ha- he was fully God and fully man. Um, we do know that, but I I don't I don't think he kicked and screamed and I I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. We just have to take scripture for what it is and that he didn't sin, he was sinless. You know? But that he also had that same temptation where he was like, Mom, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. Now I'm going to get struck by lightning. Anyway, moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, anyone have any other thoughts there that you guys put down? Question 13, page 54. Anybody doing the homework? Or are you like, I hate this homework? In your, in your head? All right, good job. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. You you can participate whether you did or not. Not even on the right page, so you could say anything, it would be right. Um You don't think it's unique to you? That is exactly right. There's no temptation. It's not common to man, Scripture tells us, right? We think it's a bigger deal than it's us. Right? 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 I'm the only one. I am the only one. I am the only time in my head. Observe on number two, question 18 on page 56. And that says, why am I a contrast between Christ and the high priest of the temple have been necessary and helpful for the original hearers of Hebrews. Any thoughts on that one? Didn't they hold the priest to like a high level? 
What? Didn't they hold the priest to like a high yeah. level and looked up to him? So I mean, they were probably just trying to say, hey, you know, you do this already. Hmm. That's a good point. That's how I took it. Up. Yeah. And I think it was a system that they lived under. Yeah. That this, there was a high priest. Mm-hmm. And so once they could grasp the concept, I think anyway, whether right or wrong, mm-hmm. uh, that Jesus, if he is the high priest, they understood that sacrificial system. And so I would think they would use that as an example because they understood that system. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. The whole study is about better. Like what you had before was good, but now with Jesus, it's better. That's the whole thing. Any other thought on that one, on that contrast between Christ and the high priest? I guess one thing that I would add um, is I was thinking about how, you, you, first of all, how it said here that you know the high priest not only was offering sacrifices and gifts for the people, but also for themselves because they were weak sinners, right? Um, But remember how the high priests had to have their ankles tied with the rope in case they died in the presence of that, and then they'd yank them out and, you know, send in a new guy. Um, And I think, you know, in contrast with that, it's like I can go to Christ now knowing he's already the perfect, sinless gift eternally um and for them as hebrews for them to be looking at him and saying you know what we no longer have to rely on a sinful man to go between me and god i can go directly to god um i think i think that they would have understood the difference there between the priest and the high priest so to speak number 19 says with Christ as our great high priest, all believers are called to serve as a royal priesthood. That's in 1 Peter 2.9. How good are you at dealing gently with the ignorant and wayward God places in your sphere of influence? And how might you grow in that regard? I'm You're not. I'm not growing in that. <laughs> growing sideways. You're just not good with it. Yeah. I try to be patient. Yeah. Sure. And then if it keeps on happening, then I'm just going to smack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, when we're raising our kids, you got to teach them, don't do this, don't do this. But then after you teach them and they're 12 years old still doing it, it's like, okay. It's that kind of, for me anyway, it's kind of like, 
do your best, but <laughs> you don't got time for that. <laughs> Who's good at it? Corley, Corley's good at it. Oh, I bet she is. Corley's very good at it. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, very grace-filled. Depends on who it is. Oh. Yeah. Mm. That, that's not uncommon. For sure. Yeah. Um, number three, question 22. What do you think it means that Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered? What could it not mean? Is that one of your tough ones? was for me. Uh, it's question 22 on page 57. What do you think it means that Jesus learned obedience for what he suffered? Through what he suffered. To not be obedient. To not be obedient. He's still, the requirement on him was obedience. I don't know. I think maybe to answer that question, the e- it's easiest to start with what it doesn't mean. What does it not mean? Okay. Okay. Well, and Jamie, you talked about kids earlier. Generally, how do kids learn? Right? Through the beaten? Right? Well, when it says he was made perfect through suffering, he wasn't being punished, was he? No. It, it wasn't a natural consequence of something that he had done. It wasn't disciplinary action, right? So it wasn't any of those things that was making him perfect through suffering. So we could, we could start with that, and we could say, you know what? Like um, Susie said, he was doing what the Father wanted. It was an obedience thing, right? Um, regardless of him asking for the cup to pass, he still obeyed, Right? What what other thoughts do you have on that? I guess so. I don't know. I would have to assume so. Um, I I don't even know if we could answer that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, except to say... I think that... Right. There's, there's nothing there except for we see when he's 12, when he's at an age of accountability, that he is living for the Father. I, I don't know if 
he was even held accountable before he was 12 as to whether or not he threw a temper tantrum. You know, I, I don't know how that works for God. And I guess I could only say scripture's silent because it doesn't matter, right? What matters is what he did when he was 33 years old, <laughs> right? <laughs> His end result. Yeah. It just says he was tempted in every way and that he was sinless. So, um, and then, mm-hmm. I don't know where I've seen it, and I might have read it somewhere else, but something about his brothers were a bit on the resentful side of him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably because he was Because he so was good. so perfect, was yeah. so good. Um, yeah. Or at least that's what I thought, because yeah. he was so good, he didn't get in trouble. Yeah. Right. You know what is interesting about that statement, though, is... let's say he was and we take the the solid route of he was so good he was so perfect from day one it didn't change his family did it didn't matter how good he was didn't matter how perfect he was they were like jesus who right (laughs) you know and that's my brother he isn't and they didn't come to know him as savior till after he died right his brother, mm-hmm, his brothers. So it's like even though they were growing up with him, it kind of shows it sometimes not all about us, right? It's not at all about us, actually. But that even Jesus didn't turn his family by being perfect till later. And they saw what happened, and maybe God opened their eyes at that point to the whole thing. But... um. Well, anyway, that was one that I kind of stumbled on. Like, I, I didn't really understand her wording in that. Maybe I'm a simpleton. I don't know. Um, question 24 on page 58. How has God allowed you to learn obedience through suffering? Now, that one I can definitely understand, right? <laughs> I've, I've learned obedience. I've learned, in other words, the hard way <laughs> most of my life, Right? by making bad choices and living with those choices and how they've hurt not only myself, but other people. And um, I don't like that feeling. I got sick of it. I didn't like it. Um, You know, I would say 20 years ago, my group of girlfriends and I, we'd all, I don't care if we were in church or not in church, we'd gossip about each other. And then some would find out and then be hurt right? Well, that, I did love them. I just had a mouth that went, right? I wasn't thinking about that. And, but when you see somebody get hurt by your words, um, and especially if you do love them, that just knives you in the heart, you know? Is that even, I'm having a stroke. (laughs) Is that even like a sentence? I don't know. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? It just, it, it kills you when you know you've hurt someone in that way. So that would be one thing. It's like, I ain't perfect, but I really, really try to never repeat something anymore. Because I, I spent so much of my younger days doing things like that. I don't know. Maybe that's just what 19, 20, 21-year-olds do. You know, I don't know. But um, it, it hurt. And so I didn't want to feel that anymore. When you confront, when you're confronted with the sin and that you do, 
not just that area, but any area, when you're confronted with it and you realize how much that has hurt God, and you finally understand that relationship of what he's done for you. Like, that may, you know, Jesus, I never want to hurt you in that way again. I never want to go that way again, right? Okay, y'all looking at me like I'm the only one. No, 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 no. Okay, what are your answers on that? Yeah. So, you know, being having a plan of okay, I want to do this. I've got this idea, and then God closes the door, and it's like okay, turn. Then you're going, I got this idea. I'm gonna go over here, and God closes that door. And it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's suffering in a sense because you're like, dude, I was planning <laughs> on this, and it didn't happen. And yeah. It's kind of just a it change is. of plans, and now I'm just yeah. kind of like, okay, Lord, you show me where to go, mm-hmm. and then you know I'll follow it because I'm sick of getting off course and taking my right. own path because it's pointless. So we can. We can have this behavior or habit of wanting to set our own course and then Jesus saying, nope, that's not what I have for you. Like you know? Ow, Lord, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? What about, um, that was an interesting question. What right attitudes or behaviors did you learn to practice in their place? You got one, Trace? Well, I didn't write down all of mine because my list is long. That's okay. I'm not looking. No grade. Um, <laughs> um, no, about the behaviors. Yeah. And, right? And the things we learn. And I think we're always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, the right attitude for me is to really try to keep my eyes on the cross. Because if I don't, I have a hard time to capture my thoughts. Mm. They'll go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I'm willful. Mm. Making up my own plan. Mm-hmm. I, lose, I have no discernment. I'm just, it's mm-hmm. just a hot mess. Mm. So I, I, for me, it's just try to keep my focus. And you brought that up earlier, so I resonate with you. But just keep my eyes on the cross. It's not in my strength, but in his. And mm-hmm. rely on him. Amen. I think I've kind of always been an in-charge person. So, you know, even though I can say it in such a sweet way, you think you're in charge. But we're really doing what I planned we were going to do, you know. And, and you know, that's it sounded so willfulness. And, you know, I've had to learn to, that that's not always going to, that's not going to work. You know, that willfulness and yeah. that, you know, gently getting my way isn't God's way. Mm. Question 33, what tool is essential for training in discernment? God's word. God's word. Mm-hmm. Look back at Hebrews 4.12. What did that say? Anyone have an example of just going along, doing your thing, and then reading God's word, and it just dividing you in that way, 
knocking you to the floor. Anyone have an example of that? Who's not saying it right now? <laughs> okay. Anybody else just feel cut just for Tracy's words? Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm over here like once in a while. <laughs> I'm a little above once in a while right now. And I, that's one of the things that I had written down. Well, I, I am cursed with just being transparent. So, and, and not being perfect. And. Yeah, we love you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. It's very convicting, actually. Yeah. We can end now. Lord Jesus. <laughs> bring, bring my bad mouth to you. I know. I have offended heaven many times myself. But so much so, though, that that's one of the things I had written down because I'm like, my mouth's getting out of control right now. And you need to rein that back in, Lord. <laughs> so does it still count if you don't say what you think? Uh, yeah, I would think that. Is that right? I think that. It says it in the Bible if you even think it. Yeah. Sin. <laughs> <laughs> we are forgiven. We are forgiven. Amen. 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 You, you, and very important to also be said. Right, there it is. The whole sermon is right there. <laughs> we mess up, we fall down, get back up seven times, right? Yeah, whatever that, yeah. Yeah, only seven times. We are the hot mess, right? Okay. Um, in what area of your life has your discernment grown? I feel stunted in that department. That's not true. I don't believe that at all. Me? what you mean yes. okay I, I mean I didn't know if you were still taking auditions <laughs> it's like okay no 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 you funny
single for, you know, I can't remember for how long before I met him, but just, just my choice in boyfriends for that period of time was just so hideous. There you go. And I, I, fin I finally, I came to a point where I said, you know what, I just need to have some standards. Oh. And I, seriously, and I, I, I set some standards and it was so helpful. Good. Praise God. <laughs> I'm glad we're not having a different conversation no, no, being no. recorded right now. No, no. <laughs> About how maybe the next time you'll get it right. Or <laughs> you guys are funny. Uh, any other... Um, anyone else? An area of your life where discernment has grown? Right. Right. Super true. One of the things that, like, that goes along with that, that, that I was dealing with with the gossip, was it was all about judgment. And so I had to, you know, learn some things the hard way by walking through those same things that I was griping about other people for, because that's the way Jesus teaches me, um, that I learned grace through that, right? Or, you know, someone that I love walk through hard things and see the pain that they went through and not knowing what someone's going through and just judging the outside and not all the turmoil going on on the inside of them and that you know they love the lord they're just really falling on their face right now and they know it they didn't need me to tell them shocker right <laughs> um and but see someone struggle truly struggle that loves the lord but is struggling through an addiction or an action that they have done and having to repair that. And you really, not just yourself, but watching someone you love, you know what I'm saying? You learn grace. You really do. Um, so my discernment in, um, has grown in that when I see someone struggling, I think, you know, there but by the grace of God go I. And just pray with them and come alongside them, you know. Tell them God loves them. Yeah. Anyone else? Oh, I am so sorry, Deb. Oh, I am so sorry. Okay. Oh. Well, there you go. Oh, that. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We will be praying for you today in our in our prayer. <laughs> okay, okay. Bye, Deb. In what area of your life do you need more discernment?
to help somebody that's needy? So, but do they, are they needy from everybody? Yeah. I just can't hear. Yeah, I think that's exactly what discernment is the definition of, is prayer is the first thing, you know. God is laying something on your heart, like... I mean, we want to help him, but we honestly don't want him to come around all the time. Yeah. You know, some of the best people, in my opinion, are those very black and white people because they can say I'm going to do this for you but they're very um, what are the words assertive in that you know what this is how far I'm going to go I can help you with this but I can't do this you know what I'm saying like they set their boundaries Those, I think that's the word I'm looking for is the boundaries um, you know and if you look at like any successful programs out there like with the homeless or um, those that are in addiction or, or whatever it may be, there always is some sort of a program to where, you know, for example, the homeless group that we've worked with in the Valley, they start out with like um, a two-week program when they come off the street or come out of prison. And they provide them with the basics, you know. and But they always have guidelines in that. Like they have to serve in the kitchen, they have to attend Bible study, you know, they have, they also have guidelines for themselves, and then they'll get XYZ, they graduate from that program, they can go on to a bigger program, and there's what, I think that whether we make that small, or we make that bigger, it's a matter of setting clear guidelines, clear boundaries with someone, as to what you can and can't help them with, yeah, um, but that's hard for someone like me, probably for someone like you as well, it's like, I don't like to say no. I just want to help you. But then I know I'm getting walked on at the same time, and it, or it's, I feel grumbly or, you know, whatever, because I haven't set that boundary, and it doesn't make it that person's fault. It, it's me for not saying what I can and can't do, right? I can do that for you. I can keep doing that. Yeah, yeah. If you need food, I gotcha. Yeah, I'm sorry I can't house you, you know, or... I'll help you try to I'll help you try to find that or do this or that or get them in touch with someone else for I don't know exactly know the situation but you know give guidelines as to what you can do that you're there for prayer that you're there you know if they need a medicine need medicine or you know I don't know anyone else have the any? thing I learned is be there to help and not enable enable mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing mm -hmm. it's hard this guy is elderly he's probably got mm -hmm. some Sad. Just got out of prison, you know, had it, there might be some borderline elder abuse. Mm. And you know what, though, Kim, it's hard for us boundary setters, because I am a good boundary setter, um, because then I struggle with, well, Lord, you know, was I harsh? Should I have opened myself up more? Should I have 
you know, because I, and I've just gotten, you know, like with him, I, I was just inside praying and said, because he just kind of, he, and he just barely can walk, you know, and, you know, he's walked five miles to come to our house, and, you know, thank goodness Gilbert was outside, and, um, you know, I just prayed, Lord, just let Gilbert have real wisdom with this, mm -hmm. and to know what to do, mm -hmm. and because you know me, Lord, I would lock that door and mm. said, you know, and, and that's not how God wants me to be either. No. Maybe the it's the angels. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, though. Yeah. But you know what? That In the same way that you're wanting to lock the door, there's someone else that's their door's always open. Always open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So discernment is knowing when to, unlock when to lock. And that's really got to be on your knees, I think. Yeah. I, I think yeah. so, too. Because mm -hmm. the, the thing that kept coming to me when he walked in the, in the yard was, you know, that we could be entertaining angels somewhere. Yeah. Did you know him? No. Why had just It doesn't mean that there's not somewhere it, you're just a stop on the path to where God has them going. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to be the one that's the rescue savior. Maybe you're the one that asks some questions for him that he's not able to ask. Like, is he a vet? Could he, you know what I'm saying? Like, then I'd call Marty. Marty, I got a vet. Scott doesn't a have a home. Idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Right. Because. It, then you call Marty because Marty's got all yeah, the resources. Yeah. M Marty does the Fishers of Men, vet, homeless veterans, and not just homeless, but Marty. Yeah. So, yeah. See, you come to Bible study. This is discernment. You come to Bible study, you talk about a guy, and then we give you a phone number. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for answering that. Okay. Um, uh, what steps can you take in the areas you need to learn discernment? Pray. You need my phone? Yeah. Oh. Read your Bible. <laughs> I can't hear today. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Get in the word and prayer, right? Discernment. Maybe it's like, you know, just coming and talking about what's going on in the issue to have, like Carla bringing that up, you know. It's discernment is bringing it to people that you can trust and that may have some wisdom for you, right? All right. Um, okay, so this last one, 
What aspect of God's character has this week's passage of Hebrews shown you more clearly? If you didn't remember from the first week or you weren't here, in the very back of the book, page 190 is, and 191 is the, the appendix, it's the attributes of God. So if you're kind of stuck on what am I supposed to put in that that's at the end of every chapter, um, those are all the different character traits, so to speak. Does that make sense? Um, so what did you guys put? Knowing that God is what? Shows me that I am what? I put understanding because he was tempted in every way. Amen. And um, I tend to think that he's, you know, he's just more human that way when we think about it. Yeah. He's walked our walk and he gets yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Yeah. I was talking with an old friend on, on Facebook, and it's like, you know, I understand why Jesus suffered and died on the cross. I just don't know why he would. Mm. Like, I know why he did, mm-hmm. but to fully grasp why he, why God would do that is... I, I agree with you. So... I think that we... So, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. When when Lazarus died, Lazarus was his friend. He cried, even knowing he was going to raise him up. He cried with, with his friends mm-hmm. as they grieved for the loss of their brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's lived with us. He's cried with us. He's had pain with us. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to do. <sighs> so this shows me that I'm. I was talking, I think, was I talking to you, Carol, about this on Sunday at some point? Um, We were talking about, um, you know, people think that God doesn't want to deal with listening to our little things. Was was I talking to you about that or somebody else? Not you? Uh, That God doesn't care to hear all of our little whatevers, you know? And I, I was saying, you know what, if God would care to go to the cross for me, I think that he cares to hear about everything, you know, because it says, scripture says, he cares, cast your cares on him because he cares about every, every aspect of us. And so it's like, I think if, if he cared to die for me, I'm sure he cares to know me, right? And part of knowing me is knowing the things that I... So what I put there was that knowing that God is compassionate, you know, shows me that I'm loved, right? That he cares about all of those little things. Anyone else? Carla, will you push play for me? You're the best. Isn't Carla the best? He is. Does everybody need to stand up and wiggle for a minute before we watch somebody talk? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know about you, but it's that time of the afternoon where we start nodding off. 
<laughs> what did you say? Do you want her to wait to, to play? Nope. Just play away. Session four.